Hello, everybody. Welcome to Becoming Better, the podcast dedicated to helping you become a better human being. I'm the host of this here show, Chris Bailey. This is episode number 23, What to Put Into Your Mind. make fun of how I do the introductions of the, of the podcast. Just a lot of emphasis on big like things. like the, uh, hello everybody, the, the radio voice. You always, you know, this, this so is something, much rage. This, this is something that's come up a lot uh, with, with you, with our, with our good friend Anya. Uh, you, you tell me I have a different voice when I'm doing a podcast versus when I'm speaking regularly. Yeah, I have a hard time listening to your audiobook. Really? I've actually never finished the audiobook because it's too weird to listen to you. She said she got used to it. I didn't. No, you didn't. You, you know me a little bit too well. Uh, speaking of audiobook, t- today we're talking about... Some, you like that segue? Um, I, I feel it ruins a segue when I reflect on how good the segues are on the podcast. But today we are talking about uh, something that, that uh, I wrote about in the second book, Hyperfocus, um, about the information that we consume. First of all, how does it feel to be back from the, the beach from a couple weeks ago? Our winter beach? Yes, our fake winter beach on the podcast. Well, right now it's like plus four, four which yeah. I, I don't know what the Fahrenheit conversion is, but yeah. in Celsius it's plus four outside right now what in February, like which is lovely. 50? I don't know. It's, like, it's one of those that's like I never, impossible I've to never convert. been able to understand Fahrenheit. No, Fahrenheit's a myth. I think that's definitely I, I think not true. it's made true. up. Uh, Hundreds what, of millions of people use Fahrenheit. But what <laughs> isn't a myth is the information that we consume. Oh my gosh, the segues. <laughs> the segues are strong with this one today. Uh, so, so last, well, not last week, two weeks ago, we chatted about the definition of solitude, where our mind is free from the input from other minds. Uh, but th- that's, that's a small amount of the time. You know, we, we're getting less and less solitude these days uh, than we ever have before. And, and most of the rest of the other time, uh, we're putting information into our minds. And so that's really what we're uh, covering today. Yeah. And you talk a lot about this in the book, this whole idea of accumulating high value dots, right? Mm-hmm. Dots that are, are worth consuming. And I think the point that we want to talk about here is that the better the information or the dots that you put into your mind, yeah. the more ideas you're able to connect and, and, and be able to come up with. And that's that can be really, really valuable, right? So, yeah, so, so a dot is essentially just any piece of information. It's a fact. Uh, it's, an, it's a life experience. It's an a idea. Conversa- it's an idea. It's a conversation you have. Um, it's a book you read, which, you know, it's a way of putting uh, several dots from the author's head into yours, a way of transporting uh, those. And, and so like you were saying, the, the, the better the information... Uh, you put into your head, the more ideas you're able to come up with, uh, the more creative you become, because if you put the right things into your mind, you're able to connect uh, these things with one another, uh, especially when you consume things that are that are conducive uh, to your goals. And that's definitely not to say you, you don't want to be consuming things all the time, like just no. in gathering more and more information, you would get nothing done. We're if you not just a spent, library. Yeah, if you spent all of your time <laughs> reading books or reading like articles, you would get nothing done. Yeah. 
Um, but so there's a balance here between consuming information, obviously, and then actually implementing what you learn. Acting upon it. Or, and also when you're collecting things, making sure they're high value so that you get something out of them. Yeah. And it's not that we should also preface this episode by saying we're, we're going to talk about the value of information that we consume. There's kind of a few categories that, that uh, we can break down the things that we consume into. But the, the purpose of this episode isn't to turn our listeners God bless them into like some automaton who's like yeah. they're all robotic. Beep boop boop beep boop boop. I I process and connect information all day long. It, it's it's a way of uh, of actually acting towards what's important. If you find people in your life important, maybe consuming uh, information on connecting with people and and sharing experiences with them uh, could be some of the most valuable things. And and you can also when you do plan to veg out, we'll talk about vegging out a little bit. Uh, you can do so intelligently, so you. Actually actually feel less guilty about watching 12 episodes of The Good Place in an evening. But I think that's the wonderful thing about how you usually approach productivity and uh, and, and it's all about intention, right? Yeah. It's, it's about if you're intending to watch The Good Place with your partner that night, that is the most productive thing you could do. Yeah. Um, so it's all about intention and I think that's just a really good idea and something I think about all the time. So yeah, intention and awareness too. Yeah, of course. Uh, you know, it's, it's impossible to become more productive without also becoming more aware of how you're spending your time, your attention, your energy. And and the fact of the matter is the information we consume is not something that we spend a lot of time thinking about. We we kind of, you know, we wake up in the morning, we have our stable of websites um, that that we frequent, then we go to work, then we, you know, we procrastinate with the same websites. Maybe we go to the New York Times, CNN, uh, you know, sites like that. Then we come home and and consume things too. Uh, So it's worth... Uh, introducing a bit of awareness into uh, this reflection that we do. So in the book, you have kind of four categories of types of information. Yeah. I think that's kind of a good way to, to talk about these things. Cool. So, and if somebody's following along at home, uh, we have the book <laughs> open in front of us here. This is like a book report almost. Uh, uh, page 187 <laughs> of the, I think it's the same in the paperback and the hardback. But yeah, there's essentially three different types of information that we can we, we consume. You can kind of imagine uh, a chart in your mind uh, where the, the left axis, the, the vertical axis, is the usefulness of information. And the bottom axis is the entertainment value of that information. And you can also imagine a line going from the top left-hand corner of that graph to the bottom right-hand corner of that graph, but pretty, pretty straight line, which essentially says, and this isn't always the case, there there are a lot of outliers. Uh, Some of us love reading journal articles, for an example. Um, Others of us can't stand binge-watching shows on Netflix, but generally uh, the the information that we consume roughly maps to this pattern where the more useful something is to consume, the less entertaining it is uh, to consume that thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, Nothing to add there. Nothing to add there. <laughs> cool. So, so we all have that chart in our, in our mind and, and we can kind of work our way from the left hand. Am I still talking weird? Do I, still, do I sound weird to you? You always sound a little weird to okay. me. Okay, even when I'm talking normally. So so there <laughs> essentially we can divide it into three parts. Uh, the first bit, the, the kind of left third of this chart is 
the useful information, the stuff that's not very entertaining but is also uh, highly uh, useful. Yeah, it's things that are actionable, right? I think it's something that you can take either to your work or your personal life or some kind of goal or anything that you can action on, I think is a really nice way of defining it. Um, It's just something that you can use in the future and and remains relevant for a long time, right? So that's another piece that's useful. I mean, news is something that are immediately possibly actionable. Usually not though. Yeah, that's true actually. It's in my, I think we can talk about it later, but unless it's really local, right? Yeah, extremely local. I think local news can actually be extremely actionable because yeah. it can lead you to things that you might want to do in the community or, or get involved in. Um, but and, and this is it's it's tough to categorize news, isn't it? Because it's there. There's varying levels of entertainment connected with the news. If you turn on uh, CNN, is a good example of this. I, I find it actually very entertaining to watch CNN. But they have graphics flying in from the corners of the screen. Breaking news! <laughs> Things are breaking like every five minutes on CNN. It's very sensational. Yeah. Well, or they find a lot of news. I, I, it's I feel it's more likely <laughs> that it's sensational, though. Um, but, but it's kind of you know. And then on the other hand. And you have, I don't know, a scholarly article about the news or maybe a boring newspaper that only discusses the facts. Wiki news, maybe? I don't know. I only read The Economist, so oh, I'm not... The Economist. I'm not very, very up to date with other news outlets. Yeah, fair enough. But the useful information. So, the, the, like you said, actionable accurate, uh, also remains relevant for a long time. Uh, and so news is ephemeral. Uh, you know, we, we can consume a news story and then quickly forget about it when we're reading the news the following day. Um, but it's, it's also uh, often what, what creates the value is it's, it's related to what we already know. And so it's, so we're, it, by extension, we're able to build upon the, the wealth of knowledge we have about a certain topic, like a training course. If you're a programmer, uh, take Taking a course online might be a fantastic way of doubling down on that skill. But it's also often the opposite, wherein it's totally unrelated to what we know. And so we were able to uncover uh, ideas more serendipitously when we just browse uh, a newspaper we never open or a magazine we never open, or we're just walking around a bookstore and stumbling upon weird ideas that we would never consider otherwise. And the trade-off here, I think, is that if it's if it is something related to what you know, the probability that it's actionable is extremely high. Yeah. But if you're looking for things that are completely unrelated to what you already know, the probability of it being actionable is extremely low, but it could pay off in in a much higher return, right? So yeah. this is a basic trade-off. Yeah, if you're <laughs> if you're a programmer, for an example, and, and that's your world, and you're stumbling through a bookstore, maybe you come across uh, an obscure book about how the taxi industry works. And you think, uh, you know, th- this sounds interesting. I wonder what ideas might come of it. Maybe you come up with the idea of something like Uber that, that totally creates a, a brand new idea because you connected those uh, disparate dots in your mind. Um, and, and so, you know, th- this is kind of less entertaining, uh, the, the category of information. What kind of things fall into this for you? For me, the obvious one are journal articles, right? I yes. mean, so much of my work is research and being able to access new papers and read new findings is a huge part of my work. Um, and also, of course, books, nonfiction books, but even some fiction books are really valuable sources of information for me. Yeah. Um, and, and they're just very useful. 
Yeah, a few things for me. It's funny, they are often connected with the work that I do because it's processing a lot of information. But it's books, it's journal articles, but it's also online courses. Oh, I was actually just about to say that. I was going to add that to my list. Great minds. Because online courses are something that we've both taken, not only separately, but together. Yeah, And it's just something, like I just took a course on how to use R and QGIS together. That's okay. I don't mind. Also, Um, conversations with academics are often often not that exciting for me, at least. But but but, (laughs) I think they're exciting. Yeah, but you're an academic. But but often the lessons from these, you know, totally, and these are work related as well. Not just academics that I'm socializing with, even though those are often laborious conversations as well. But the, no, these are... <laughs> I think you're giving academics a hard time. The, these are like academics I call up because I'm researching an idea for a book or something like that. Just want to bounce ideas around. Uh, you know, not... You know, there are more conver- entertaining conversations to have, even though these are uh, pretty inspiring sometimes. But the usefulness of these conversations uh, is often off the charts. Yeah, people could definitely be very useful sources of information, which is a very robotic way of thinking about conversations. Beep, boop, but boop, beep. yeah, it, I think that's it's an important note to realize that the people around you are very are wealths of knowledge, right? Yeah. So you can always learn something from the people around you. Who's who's a more robotic person, me or you? I think we both have our areas where we're a little bit more robotic. Mm. Is this a good, this is not a good thing. I don't know. No? I I think it's okay to be a little bit systematic in how you approach things. (laughs) Oh, that's something a robot would say. Well, then call me a robot. Call me a robot, baby. So that's the kind of the first third of information, you know, the stuff when we have a bit more energy that's worth consuming, then we're approaching... The fun stuff, the, the, the middle of this, this here chart that's kind of uh, midway on the usefulness and entertainment spectrum, that are, there are things that are helpful and entertaining at the same time. Uh, so for me, some examples of this are audiobooks that you know you have on when you're cleaning the house or we're cleaning uh, Edward's uh, turtle tank later on after the podcast here. Uh, their documentaries, their TED Talks, where they're fascinating. Um, and, and so there's, there's the fascination of the, uh, of the entertainment at the same time. Yeah, and I think the big difference here is that these are maybe a little less actionable. Mm-hmm. I mean, they might be a little less relevant for a long time, but they are still somehow useful for you. I know like the classic example I think of in my head are like all the books that kind of fall under pop psychology and, <laughs> yeah. and wellness books. I mean, they're often pretty actionable or maybe just a little bit actionable, but also not they're not going to change my whole life. No, often. especially when you're hearing about the marshmallow test or the oh, Stanford the marshmallow prison test experiment. Is in every single book. Yeah, yeah, I feel like uh, great I test, but that oh section. my goodness, yeah. it's so long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but the economists would fall into this. Yeah, um, you know, we get a physical newspaper every day. Um, the local paper. The local paper. Yeah. You know, that's, uh, you, you get a mix of the national and local news as well. And even and, some novels, right? I mean, yeah. you can get a lot out of reading a book or, or novels. And, and I, get a, I, I love reading. It's a big part of my life. So I would put this definitely in one of the more balanced things because I get a lot of enjoyment out of it. But I also, I spend a lot of time with people who talk about books and yeah. I get a lot out of that. And, and novels have been shown to help us relate better to people. I, I know Jeff Bezos 
of course, the CEO of Amazon, the wealthiest person in the world, uh, is a big fan of reading novels in his spare time because he finds that it helps him come up with ideas. Our, our mind wanders a bit. So th- this is information that we should consume when we have a bit uh, less energy compared to, uh, the, compared to the more useful information because the entertainment value of this information does uh, support it quite a bit. Yeah, and I think it can be really hard to define the difference between what is balance and what we're going to talk about next, which are more entertaining things. And I think this is a hard balance to figure out when things have stopped being useful and are just purely entertaining. So I know for me, I would definitely put novels as something that's a little more balanced, like I still find use out of it. But something more like a romance novel, which I'm (laughs) definitely, I will admit, I like a good trashy romance novel every now and then. Um, but for me that that's like purely just entertaining. That's not useful at all. And I will totally admit that that's okay. But finding the difference between balanced information and entertaining information is, is, is hard to do sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and this isn't like three concrete categories. It's, it's more of a gradient of information here, but there is, like you said, that bottom third, after the balanced information, there's this bottom third that contains information that is entertaining, but also trashy at its worst. Uh, so that, you know, the entertaining information that's still has a bit of usefulness, but that is mostly entertainment, uh, includes a lot of, a lot of novels, like you said. Also, I, I've been really into election debates lately, even though we're in Canada. It, ha- it has no weight. We, yeah. we have no influence in the American political political system no. so you'll never get to vote in the american election watching it will not make one modicum of a difference of not the disaster that is yeah. any election right now um but you know the youtube videos often fall into this category and a lot of podcasts for me too yeah and, and for me I, I would definitely put a lot of podcasts which i don't really listen to a ton of podcasts stuff, st- stuff you should know you're big into that yeah every now and then i'll listen to stuff you should know yeah. um especially when i'm running or something like that and netflix for me too sometimes i'll i've tried to shift away from watching i never watch series because they they're just too long and you end up in a bit of a vortex yeah um but i'll every now and then watch like some kind of documentary or something it, like it that it's weird last night we were talking about stuff you should know and like you often use it to fall asleep. And it yeah, came when up I have in, insomnia. <laughs> yeah, when, it, when you have insomnia. And there's a specific episode, a two-part episode that you listen to to fall asleep. And in the conversation, there was only like five people here. Somebody else in this group of people listens to the exact <laughs> same episode to fall asleep. The Hoover Dam episode the is, is Dam perfect episode. for insomnia. Why? I don't understand. I don't know. No, there's a whole bunch. So it's not just that episode, but there it's it just it's nice when you're if you have insomnia and you're kind of wrapped in some kind of thought cycle and you want to fall asleep, stuff hmm. you should know just has some kind of weird power of getting you out wow. of your head and 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 it helps break that cycle and you can fall asleep and i'm not the only person who has wow. said this so they, they have nice soothing soporific and it just voices? gets you it's it just gets you a little and i'm also not terribly interested in the hoover dam so it's not exciting enough to keep <laughs> who me is? awake I don't know. I mean, sure, I'm sure some people are. It's well, a it's huge, a, it's a marvel of engineering. Two-part episode. At least that's I what hope. I hear in the first five minutes of the episode yeah, before, before I fall asleep. you fall into a deep sleep, never to be... No, I have lots of love yeah. for the Stuff You Should Know podcast. It's great. But and every romance, now and then I use it to fall asleep. Romance novels fall into this yep, for you for too? Yeah, for me, for sure. Now, I have a question. I'll put you on the spot here. Can you come up... Can you think of uh, a title of one of these romance novels that sticks out above the others? Because they often have some of the corniest 
uh, titles that I've ever seen. I, I look at what you're reading at the top of your Kindle, and it's like they're all madly deeply like ninety nine cents or something yeah. on Amazon. It's amazing. Can you come up with a name? I think the last series I read was called Fixed on You. Oh, uh, by Laurelyn Page. They're sounds, great. Sounds like it's a, a great country series. song. These are just easy background <laughs> books when you're sick or tired or whatever. Yeah, and, and that's kind of the point. You know, th- th- when we have a bit less energy, it's worth consuming stuff like this. It's, a, you know, it's about all, all we can do sometimes. But um, I, I think the key is to consume it with intention. Uh, so if you're going to binge watch something, if you're going to watch a trashy, <laughs> some election coverage or something, you know, it's worth... <laughs> Uh, it's worth th- really knowing where that falls in on the spectrum of, of information. First of all, uh, there's a great book, "Amusing Ourselves to Death," that talks about uh, essentially the age of political entertainment, where um, you know news is kind of masquerading as entertainment a, quite a lot of the time. Uh, but it's worth consuming with intention when we want to uh, use this as a as a methods as a method through which to recharge. Yeah, and I think when you go to the furthest extreme of this exchange between usefulness and entertaining, yeah, um, you end up with the extreme of where it's, I think you call it trashy. Trashy, yeah. Which it's is a pretty trash. negative term for something. But, but it is negative it is, stuff. Yeah, it is, yeah. and I think in my head I would include things like late night and talk show clips, which, hmm. I mean, especially it's right now, it's definitely yeah. entertainment, but I feel like you can just so easily get sucked into a vortex of clips. <laughs> a YouTube and then vortex. At that point, you end up in hours and hours of time of people just mindlessly clipping cl- clips or clicking on clips. And I find that could be a little bit of a, it just sucks you right in. And that, that makes it feel just a little bit less useful than other forms of entertainment. Yeah. And it's worth kind of generally consuming less of this stuff for that, yeah. for that reason. I mean, I'm never going to be able to action the interviews that Seth Meyers does with Brad Pitt or He's a whatever. good interviewer. He's probably the oh, best he's, late He's a super night. good interviewer. Definitely yeah. not, to, which is why it's so easy to get sucked in because yeah. they're very entertaining. But yeah. I will never get anything actionable You might that. learn how to ask questions. Maybe. Of people. Okay, maybe. possibly. Yeah, that's a very so positive maybe, way of looking at it. Maybe it's that. more entertaining yeah. than trashy, perhaps. Possibly. I, yeah, I think for me, it just I put it in that part of my head because it's something I try to avoid. We have Instagram. I also have Instagram too, on there. Yeah. And that's pretty trashy. I mean, again, that, <laughs> it's, it's also a good way to connect with your friends. Yeah. So it, it is, this is where it gets a little hard to define. Like it's so personal, yeah. right? I mean, a lot of people get a lot of really, really valuable connection through Instagram. I don't think I fall in that category because... No. So few of my friends use it anymore. Yeah. And, um, and the the yeah. one item I have on this list here that I could think of, you you were shocked when I included this in the in the sheet. I had no idea. You thought you, you I don't even this. know this guy. This is crazy. Yeah. That is uh, uh, TMZ.com. I had no idea so, you read TMZ. TMZ.com is like one of these <sighs> trashy, it's pure trash. It's like a canonical example of trash. Uh, it's celebrity the gossip word trash and news. It's so, so negative. It right? is negative, it's, though. It's TMZ. Not, <laughs> trashy lots of magazine. Love TMZ. Z. Uh, it's, it's, it's just like celebrity gossip and news. And it's just kind of something that I go to. Not that much, but more more than enough to be ashamed of that happen. But if you wanted just entertainment and you were intentional about it, I would put it back in the entertaining category. Well, that's generous of you. Yeah. Appreciate that. But I think that's kind of how you felt about the late night talk show clips. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit. But th- there are some things that we can do. So, so we've kind of broken this stuff down uh, between useful information and balanced information, kind of a blend of entertaining and useful. And the bottom third, the entertaining and at worst trashy information that we consume. There, there are a few things that we can do when you kind of do. Uh, but when it's worth kind of stepping back and think, okay, how do, how do I spend my attention over the course of a day? If I were to divide the things that I consume, so we're not always consuming, obviously. This is just a, a smaller fraction of our day. Uh, but if you divide, if you separate the time you're doing stuff and, and actioning stuff, and then just look at the time you're consuming information and entertainment, um, you can kind of reflect, okay, how much of this stuff falls into these three categories? What can I get better at here? And can I perhaps eliminate a, a bit of trash from this list? Uh, what's the trashiest thing? that you consume and is it possible for you uh, to consume a bit less of that yeah eliminate a little bit of trash and see if there are a few things that you could add that have a little bit more value yeah i know for me like switching to more online courses instead of watching documentaries or something that was a a really useful piece for me and i get a lot more out of that right so and even cutting down on some of the like audiobooks that i was listening to and switching to more more useful nonfiction books instead. That's also been yeah. helpful. And finding a few valuable things to add. Um, you, you know, it, it's, it's so helpful. You know, what are the goals that you have in your career, in your life? What can you become better at? What do you need to become better at? And how can you work that in? And just, you know, starting where you are, you know, one man's trash is another man's entertainment. Exactly. And so it's worth kind of shifting things up over time. Um, and, and also w- another helpful place to start is look at the times of the day when you have no energy, when, when you're totally like, okay, I want to disconnect. Uh, I want to kind of zone out a little bit. What do you consume when you're consuming things on autopilot mode? When you, when you pick up your phone and you're done checking your email where do you go after that? What what <laughs> what apps do you fire up? What websites do you go to? When you when you sit down at your computer at work and you open up the browser and you don't feel like doing work and work right then, what what do you type? Do you type the letter N and it pre-populates to New York Times or C, which pre-populates to CNN or F for Facebook, T for what 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 automatically uh, do you fire up and consume in autopilot mode? Yeah, another good useful tip is to fetch out intentionally. That's yes. something we talked about. Um, and finding just intentionally choosing what you're going to spend your... If you're going to relax and choose something more entertaining, do it with intention because you get a lot more out of it when it's when it's thoughtful and you don't just find yourself 12 seasons or 12 episodes into Friends reruns, <laughs> which who's ever done that? Yeah, yeah. not no. not you. No. That's, that's for sure. Uh, and <laughs> one of my favorite uh, other strategies for this is to get things to bid for your time and attention. Uh, and so there's usually a description of podcasts in your, in your player. Uh, there's every, every TV show has a little write-up for what it's about. Um, Netflix, of course, has uh, descriptions of all the documentaries on it. Um, journal articles have abstracts. Books have uh, reviews and ratings that you can see online and, and uh, you know, kind of the, the jacket copy on the book itself. See these descriptions as pitches for your time and attention because your time and attention are very limited and and every minute you spend on what was that romance book called fixed on you fixed on you i might be getting it wrong stuck on you or whatever is (laughs) is a minute that you could spend listening 
to Bach or like an audiobook or something, I, I guess. I have no regrets about yeah, reading fixed on you. That's fine. And then, that, you know, it goes to the vegging out deliberately. Um, and also, it's worth looking at what only you care about. So, uh, like, everybody has their weird quirks and eccentricities. You love reading about economics and The Economist and, and looking at patterns of the economy overall. I, I love geeking out over journal articles. The, 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 those are one of my weirdly entertaining things that I love because I love the feeling of connecting information. It's worth doubling down on the things that you uniquely care about that few other people do because it's a unique advantage of something to become better at that takes less effort for you that might take more effort to, for somebody else. Nicely said. Cool. Anything else to add there? We don't want to make nope. this a trashy podcast. We got to keep the, the, the advice to time ratio up or the yeah, value to entertain. Keep it useful yeah. or at least balanced. We got to live, yeah, at least balanced. We got to live uh, like the top right, useful and entertainment. That's left, but that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. My so, spatially challenged well, I'm husband. I'm still learning my lefts and rights. You know, we all take our... our it's okay. Uh, Nobody has the graph in front of them, so... No. Well, unless they did open up the book. If anybody did, please send a picture. I'd, I'd, we'd love to see it. Uh, Chris at a lifeofproductivity.com or Arden at a lifeofproductivity.com. If you want to provide feedback, <laughs> she's cringing because we talked about politics a bit today. And, and yeah, did please we? don't... Oh, I don't bit. think we did. Well, we called political news trashy, which I don't think no, that's No, for that's Canadians. Eh, we, there, for we, I get too. nothing out of watching American politics. If you're American, I'm sure it's really valuable for you. Please send your political thoughts to no, ArdenAdelightForProductivity.com. So finishing up, BecomingBetterShow.com is where you can find the corresponding blog article for this here episode of the podcast. We hope you have a wonderful week and we'll see you in a couple Tuesdays.